Hi, this is Brad with Rail the Berm, sitting in for Dale Holmes for the first five seconds of the High Low podcast. Of course, we're here with Dale Holmes and Bubba Harris at the 2018 Winter Nationals. Take it, Dale Holmes. Cheers, Brad. You emailed me a couple weeks ago and told me to get this little device for my phone. So I hopped online, I bought all these little gadgets, and uh, you've just been dialing me in for the last uh, 45 minutes. So uh, Bubba is our first... uh, test run so like hopefully it. this goes okay Bubba how you doing I'm great man how are you good 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 tell us uh tell everybody what you've been up to uh I guess lately just coaching you know I've been just been trying to stay busy so I haven't been traveling as much as I have in previous years but I just like to keep myself busy around home so I find as long as I'm working every day that I'm a happy guy so you still I just enjoy try to doing keep it? myself available I love it yeah nowadays especially with being away from the racing side of things for multiple years now, I'm really starting to get comfortable as a coach, and I love going to the track now. I don't find the track a chore anymore. And mm-hmm. you know, there for a while at the end of the career. Yeah, it was, no, it was definitely. easy for the BMX track to get that way. Yeah, so. I think the last couple of years of AA, when you get to the track, it's, it's almost painful, isn't it? Right. You know, when you. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. You you started doing the counts with your dad at such a young age as well. I mean, that's why you were so good at such a such a young age what what year did you actually start doing the camps and that so i was 12 years old wow when i started doing the camps i'm 32 now right so i technically have 20 years of coaching experience but it's that is kind of true because when i was 12 you know i was right in the mix with the pros that we had hired mm-hmm. right and i was giving one-on-one advice to older experts at that time so it's just kind of come full circle you know that it's just it's what i love to do i don't want to do anything else i don't find myself looking for more in life like i'm just we're super happy and you actually came into the uh, AA Pro class as we was kind of exiting, so you kind of put a clinic on to us as well, really. <laughs> Tell us a bit about those first two years racing the, the grumpy old man, and oh. obviously then you went on to have battles with Kyle and yeah, yeah. Stumpy, and uh, you retired a lot of us. The first couple of years were definitely fun. You know, you guys had <laughs> your game pretty set, like, you know, single file out of the last turn. Right. And, you know, <laughs> however you ended up out of the last turn was how you are supposed to get to the finish line. And right. I think Mikey and I and this, that young fire, we came in and right. changed that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I remember, I've told this story before, but picking off Christoph Levesque in El Paso one time down the last straightaway. And I was so young that he couldn't even come talk to me. He was so mad he wanted to come get in my face, but I was only 16, right? right. So he had to go get in my dad's face. <laughs> but it's just kind of funny. So, yeah, we did make you guys pedal to the line. Yeah. But other than that, Mikey and I grew up riding trails, you know. And, we, I mean, obviously we grew up following pros like Chris Schoonover, you know, and those guys would take us to the local trails. So we got that at a young age, and I think that's where all of our bike skill came from. Yeah. So when we brought that into the pro class, it kind of hit hard. I know? mean, we got to the point, and I've said this before as well, I think uh, as Romero were using the first rack, I think, motos, it was uh, indoor, Guthrie indoor, and you was just picking everybody off in the first rack, and Romero just puts his arms in the, in, in the air, and he's like, <laughs> we're just letting him by us. Can somebody just hit him? You know, everyone's like... I would look behind me. I just go, Bubba. I just want to. I don't want you to mess me up when you pass me. So you go now, and I'll I'll try and file in. You know. That's so funny. it got to that point for yeah. the old guys. I was definitely it, always hunting back in the day because you guys right. were all horse me to the first turn. I had right. no chance, you know. But yeah. I was always in hunting mode. For it was sure, good times. Then. But you know, you always had a good attitude, and we always liked you. So that was uh, you, you know, you went on to uh, yeah. Let's talk about your three ABA titles and one world title. Right. Which sticks out the most? Oh, I know they're all man. special, obviously, but. Yeah, I would have to say... The Warwick Battle, Grants? Warwick Battle is probably the most epic and drama-filled. Right. You know, there's nothing like putting the UCI jersey on, mm-hmm. though. You know, so... Uh, the third title, obviously, the three-peat, and, like, the slicing on the cake, that was pretty... That's pretty amazing, you know, and... I've been biting my nails with 
first with Sam and then with Joris, and right. now here goes Connor, right? So, yeah. Um, but the three, the third one was probably the best one, and then the worlds. Right. And then say. obviously the ones, the ones that don't know. Um, after you won the worlds in Paris, two thousand and five, right? Mm, yes. You went straight back onto the track after the finish line and did a flip. So tell us a little bit about that. It was, yeah, man, it was just a, uh, an agreement that Mikey and I had, Mike Day, on the flight there, was if we got first and second, we were flipping the victory lap, and he didn't do it. I've said this before <laughs> on a podcast, but yeah, he's sissed out. But, so that was the plan, so I won it, and, you know, he got second, so I was flipping it, and I wasn't, I didn't even care if I crashed. I could have nose-cased it and just slid on landing, I would right. have still been a happy guy. No, you, you know? can see that yeah. on YouTube, it's <laughs> awesome just to see the whole... Good times. ...watching the main, and then you're doing that right after... Um, you know, after post, you know, your um, your titles and stuff, you know, started to lead into the the first Olympics. So that had been 06, 07, 07. And, you know, your name was at the top of the list. Sponsorship started to come in. I think Visa, right? You yep. was getting some mm-hmm. outside sponsorship was coming in. Everybody was saying this is for Bubba. You know, Supercross came in and then things kind of went a little bit sideways. So right. for the ones that, you know, didn't follow what happened. Um, yeah, my injury in 2007 was test pretty... test event, right? Yeah, the test event in Beijing was pretty significant. And me being hard-headed and wanting to come back as soon as possible to try to get back on the trial team, I never let that injury heal the right way. I never went and saw the doctors like I should have, you know, and got it taken care of right away. And I rushed back with that. And I think that is pretty much what kind of fizzled my way out because I rushed back and I was racing in so much pain mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. you know because I didn't get it fixed right and so I was never I didn't have fun anymore you know right. I was just I could keep up but I could keep up it wasn't I I didn't have it in me to get out front like I had before yeah. you know and so just racing in pain is what kind of just made me slow down mm-hmm. you know and at the end finally I actually, man, I forget even what year, but I crashed at the Grands, and I hurt my ankle again, and then I showed up at Reno, and I was just in so much pain for practice at the Reno race, you know, mm-hmm. first race of the year, that I just hung it up, and I never came back wow. after that. So I was, I was just kind of over racing in pain, is what it came down to. And nowadays, with now that I'm not training, and I'm not whooping my ankle's butt every day, you mm-hmm. know, with plyos and squats and sprints and... I live pain-free, but as soon as I start getting on it, I can feel it, you know? Yeah, no, But, yeah, just riding injured, man. It's You guys are tough to keep up with, that mm-hmm. whole class, you know, trying to keep up with people and your sore. Yeah. You know, that caliber, so that's just slowly faded out, right? How is it? Obviously, it's probably got less of the last couple of years, but, like, watching Beijing, watching London, you know, Rio, he was probably tapped out by them mentally, but, you know, those title, ABA titles, you know, watching those go down, does that, you know, how did you feel during those times? Oh, yeah, I mean... Beijing must have been tough. Yes, as an athlete, there's always just that, uh, you know, like, right. I know, because for me, like, I knew I could be in the, like... Right. You know, because you just, you were riding for that lo- that level, so I could see myself in the main with those guys. Yeah. And being able to hang with them, you know, but also I was at home on the couch watching. So, yeah, that was tough. But it was also good transition in my life you right know, to where i'm at right now so mm-hmm. i don't look back and see my injuries as a bad thing you know i got so much out of this sport and i have i got so much of it out of it and i love it so much that i can't leave it i still to this day i look forward to coaching you know what i mean and yeah i kind of do my thing to where I, I stay away from like you with the usa development and right the, you know the higher end coaching you yeah kind of yeah call it, because i really just do enjoy Get, just having relationships with kids here at the track. And I always you know? thought, you know, I say that about Kyle. I think yourself and Kyle would have been great right. role models for these kind of, you know, today's pros, supercrossers, because obviously they could 
probably the generation gap was closer than maybe an older right. older coach even like our age you know mm-hmm. just because the, the, the kids today are still young enough to and to I would enjoy ride, I know? would enjoy doing that and going to the center and you know giving my two cents to the fast dudes but right. at the same time that involves a lot of traveling yeah yeah and I love my girls man right and I kind of base my everything that I do is based around my three girls yeah right? my wife and my two babies so and you're probably so content with your, right. your career and, anyway, and right? to try to keep up right and you know think about a comeback like don't get me wrong I've been I've been racing for five years or whatever it has been, but I, every single year, you know, that after grants, I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. Right. You know, you're gonna, they're going to see me at the winners, but then it's, you know, reality kicks in. Yeah. And you just have to be such a, I don't mean as a, like, you just have to be so selfish for to be an elite athlete at the BMX level. You know, yeah, everything's got to be about you, mm-hmm. and my my uh, focus has shift, right. shifted for sure, you know. Understand. So. Tell us a little bit about what you think about today's uh, riders. You know, tell us maybe maybe Connor winning the Olympics and the last couple of title runs you're seeing. What what are you seeing now? So I actually ran into Connor um, a couple weekends ago, just out at one of the local tracks here, and I was able to congratulate him for the first time. And it was cool seeing Connor because that's the first time I've ever been a fan. Right. Of, you know, like when he, him and Nick, you know, at the Olympics, like I was. I've been away from BMX for a long time, and I literally watched that. Like, I'm not a fan of sports, you know? Like, I don't have a football team. I don't have a basketball team. But that's the first time that I was, like, sitting down as a super fan, you know? And it was cool that I I knew the kid, you know? I look at him, and he's doing his job. It's awesome. So the Rio Olympics for me was the first time that I was just a straight-up super fan. You know? What do you think of the riders today? Does it it seem much different from when you was at that level, or...? You know, I mean, obviously, techniques. Yeah, and, uh, obviously, everything has evolved, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, unless you're watching a race like this weekend, you know, this this is looks like Black Mountain, right? You know? yeah. Like, if, I'm sorry, but I know what Kyle Bennett looked like here when mm-hmm. he was the as you know yeah, when he yeah. was Kyle yes. and he could hang with these guys, yes, you know, yes. in the main event. I do believe that. You're still eyeing up so the high lows in your head, when right? You're yeah, right. exactly. So it's not like I don't think that they're on a on a simpler track like this one. I think that we could have hung back in the day. You know right. what I mean? Like, we could have been in there banging bars with these guys. But, obviously, the new Rio track at... Or, no, not the Rio. No, the new track at the, t- at the training center. Right. The big one. I don't know what they're calling that bad boy. Yeah, I don't even know what's But that, real, thing is a, that thing is monstrous. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's big. That's where the evolution comes from. Where it's, like, obvious, you know? You was always king of the turns. And, again, I know you're not, you're not a social media, and I know you're definitely not on Facebook. Um, always good debates about turns and how big they are now. Do you think with those big supercross wide open turns, do you think you could still work a lot of magic there, or do you think it was easy with the smaller turns? No, I definitely. I think the more room to work some magic, the better. Right. right? It just means, just uh, I would like to see more drastic passing, for sure, in mm-hmm. the racing nowadays. You know, it's kind of going back to how it was. I hate to say this, but with you guys, where it is kind of single file, right, like yeah. there is no. But at the same time, they're hauling on those tracks, so. As a fan, I would just like to see more people blowing up and getting blown up, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I, it's just, I just like good racing. Yeah, you know? no, I, I like it. elbows. So, but um, I think where BMX has gone is a pretty good place, you know? Like, mm-hmm. to watch Rio as a fan and to keep watching these Supercross races, I love it. I know people hate the big hill, and I, I'm i still a fan, mm-hmm. you know? I, I think the bigger track at the training center is awesome. I just, I like watching people do laps on it right you know racing it might be a different story because it's like how many people are going to make it to the finish line you know and i think they need to try to avoid building tracks like that they need to be able, they need to be able to find the happy medium to where these guys can go big but also go fast and stay comfortable yeah you know so who are some of the uh we'll keep it american who are some of the uh 
riders do you think? Who's the next crop of uh, American kids? Maybe we will be uh, seeing the next two, three, four, five years. Right, so it's it is really cool seeing some of these kids like this weekend. Little Dougie Butcher turned a pro. I've been just around for so long with that little guy. So right. I remember him when he was knee high, you know. And then same with Bryce Batten. It's a bummer to see Bryce crash, right, or hear about Bryce crash. Mm-hmm. But I think he's gonna he'll put his helmet back on and get back out there. Yeah, you know. So Bryce has always been since I was a kid. Like even since he was a kid, I've always thought that he was gonna be the one that makes it into the double A class and throws some elbows. So. I'll throw Bryce out there, for sure, off the top of my head. Yeah. But I wish there was more mm-hmm. than I could throw out there. And obviously, your dude, Cam Larson, he looks fast. I just saw him actually ride for the first time just a little bit ago. He's quick, man, but I do wish that there was a more dense group yeah, of riders. Yeah, yeah like exactly. So they're few and far between, it seems like, but mm-hmm. we'll see. You know? Brad, you got anything for Baba? And I don't know. At the same time, I... I don't know enough because I haven't been at the races. You know what I mean? Like this is my first race. And you're not scrolling social media, right, yeah, so, so you should all you should give the clinic on how to stay off our phones. Because so, and that's the thing. So I don't I don't know about other than the kids that I'm close with. Like I call out Bryce because that's one of the riders that yes. I've worked with throughout the years and that I I know. So I don't know the kids who are fast in Florida and who are fast mm-hmm. in Washington. So it's I. My what I say it comes from a very small pool, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know everybody, right? Understand. So, but from an outsider's point of view, I mean, Bryce has got my vote, right? And then like Dougie coming in, it's just cool to see these guys growing up and taking that next step. Yeah, seems know? like the next bunch at mm-hmm. least a handful of kids seem like they could make that transition. Right, you know, they can get from uh, I just I just I just don't have enough knowledge to be able to like name out all these riders for you. Right. You know what I mean? Because I just kind of stay away from the game just enough. Yeah, right? that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Brad, what you got? Yeah, I just uh, my question was. Uh, turning pro so young uh getting hurt so young and now you're 32 and you know you try to come back here and there you had a lot of pain right uh, how do you f- a lot of guys would be th- retiring at 32 right what how do you feel about that being still an iconic rider but really not being on the track so do you feel like man i wish it would have gone on longer for sure i mean like like i said woke up you know, after the grands, and I was ready to kind of train for this race. You know, so it's all, I'm always going to have that. Oh, I wish I could have lasted longer. I wish it would have lasted longer. But I'm a strong believer in everything happens for a reason. You know, and since I've quit racing, I've my family has grown a lot closer. You know, and my wife and I, we have a great life at home. We we're really involved with our local church. You know, and we just we just love living life together. So it's brought me closer to my family, being able to stop my chase for those cups you know because that's really what it is and when i'm when i'm a racer and i'm i'm here to race you know it's just i'm very focused on me you know and so i had my kids at a young age too you know my girls are five and seven years old now and that's uh, i pretty much quit right when chloe was born right and so i'm not bummed out on my like decision to stop racing because i'm so happy with my decision and how close my family is because of it you know so and i'm still the track all the time you know, so it's not like I've left BMX. I have left the national scene, but I haven't left BMX because I'm still right here and I'm still available. So seems like pump tracks are kind of coming in now. Um, you know, red. Well, you guys are red. There's a Red Bull Pump Track World Championship starting next year, and it could be a good chance for some uh, BMX guys. Maybe yeah, no, that's something up. I might. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah, that could be something like that that could get you like that, something sure. would be perfectly. Don't up. have to pedal. Right, <laughs> I'm in it. <laughs> no, it could be definitely like say you and Mikey could be like a second coming just around the corner. You know, right. Bubba, like say you're the, the king of clinics and on top of everything you've done in racing, give uh, maybe some of the younger kids um, some advice, training advice. It seems like it's very regimented, very 
uh, you know the you know the old things we joke about the iPads and the coaches and all this stuff. Give some give us some uh, some of the kids maybe some uh, some uh, some good tips. Right. So for me, it's just all about believing and having fun. You know, you got to believe in yourself mm-hmm. first of all. And a lot of these kids that go out there with the wrong mindset. You know, you could be the fastest kid on the gate, but if you don't believe it when you get in the gate, then you're going to have some problems. So just putting in the work, right? That way, you know when you get on the gate that you did the hard work and you put in your time, and then just kind of going out there and letting it all hang out. You know, a lot of people they get in their own way. You know, I mean, you know this from being a racer. Mm-hmm. So just letting yourself go, let yourself race. Don't hold yourself back. Mm-hmm. You know, one more question I've got. I like to ask everybody this one: Who do you think the goat is? Always a good debate. Always a good debate. Again, you're not on Facebook, so you don't read off this stuff. But okay. there's always debates every few months. Who's the greatest? Some of the greatest. Okay, so. Oh, the greatest BMXer of all time. So the the visual that I get in my head, right, when you say that, and it's funny because it's only one face, it's the lumberjack, dude. Right. It's Gary Ellis. Yeah, and yeah. Just Good that, answer. I just, yeah, dude, it's lumberjack right. for me. You know, that's who I grew up thinking the greatest was, and I'm here I am, I still think he, he was pretty rad, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rad, you got any last question for Bob? No. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, man, of course. Yeah, thanks, Bubba. Good seeing you, and uh, thanks for doing this. Cool. Thank you.